It's the Meg, John and Justin podcast. Yay! Yay. Hello, dear listener. Welcome. Watch your ear, pals. Watch your, <laughs> Watch your gentle, textured, smooth, <laughs> silky and velvety listener. And all yep. other, the rough listener. <laughs> uh, welcome. Thanks for... Tuning in. <laughs> I guess people aren't tuning in, are they? Like in our uh, in our imagination, we're on late night radio show and people are tuning in yeah. on their FM Clearly. or AM frequencies. Like we'd really Absolutely. like Absolutely. They're like we're... in a they're they're like in a car at night driving oh. like you can't like you can't do anymore, but they are like driving around the countryside yeah. in the dark and yeah, they're tuning their radio, just looking for looking for a familiar, friendly voice yeah, and then they find solace. us. Looking exactly. for advice. They've been having a difficult day and they want to hear our friendly advice. It's late night yeah. love on uh, late Ram, night love on Ram FM, available in Derbyshire yeah. and East Staffordshire, and uh, they're <laughs> yeah. tuning in. And it's it's like eleven oh four, just after the news. Yeah, and they're settling in for some advice. They're spinning <laughs> the wheels, a bit of, a bit of smooth soul, a bit of Motown to take you through those midnight hours, the lonely midnight hours yeah, with, Meg, so John, with chip, Meg, John and Justin. So we chip in with some advice in between the smooth songs, yeah. don't we? Late night love between the smooth songs, absolutely. Yeah. I've gone for my kind of music, but maybe we were throwing some of your kind of music Completely too. fine. A bit of Smokey yeah. Robinson would be nice. Oh, hell yeah. 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 Okay. Otis. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So all, all love related, obviously. That's in our dreams anyway. You know, yeah. our imaginations <laughs> are running wild uh, away with us. Running wild? Running away from us. I've got words, yes. I'm a podcaster. So um, <laughs> we're gonna make so Meg John has come up with this idea for doing <laughs> two podcasts based on two books that neither of us have read. No, we might read them now. We're not we gonna might read do. them. We're not gonna. So I'll let you introduce it, MJ, because um, well, well, well. You I'm know, not disowning like... you. I'm not selling you out, but <laughs> no. <you know. laughs> but it's like I thought about it. You know, we podcast about love. We've just mm -hmm. got to do Love in the Time of COVID-19. Yeah. Eleanor Yaniger, one of our favourites, um, who's able to tell us what the book was actually about because neither of us have read it, but it's by Gabriel Garcia Marquez. Yes. Um, and it is about how we leave it for a long time before we find the kind of love that we really want or something. Um, so it sounds like a great read. Yeah, we should um, read it. We should probably read it. But we haven't <laughs> actually read it. But we did like the title. And then uh, she told us that the other thing by the same guy is called 100 Years of Solitude. Or something like that. Oh. So it feels like we, it feels like we have to rip that off as well, given given the current circumstances. So let's hope it's not a hundred years, <laughs> but it may be quite a lot of days of solitude ahead for some of us. So uh, yeah. yeah. So we're going to say, seem like. <laughs> but we're, because we're not read the book, we're doing nothing to do with the actual content of the no. book. All we're doing, all we're going to do, is to talk about. Yeah. One of our favourite topics is to talk about the different kinds of love, and we're yeah. um, according to uh, an ancient Greek definition of um, different kinds of love. There being seven different kinds of love, which we'll yeah. talk through, and we talked through this in previous podcasts, um, but we'll do this in in relation to COVID nineteen and how we'll yeah, like what pandemic. impact it might have on these different kinds of love and how we might do them at this time. And it could be a jumping off point. You know, feel free to. Um, tweet at us if you come up with ideas about the different like, kind of loves and how they'd be yeah. done. I guess we have a rough sense, don't we, that maybe it's a good idea to have a balance between yeah. these different kinds of love in your life. Yeah. Um, 
Um, so rather, you know, it, it goes with our whole like non-hierarchical, let's not put love, romantic and erotic love at the top always um, kind of shtick. So yeah, like seems like a nice idea to go through the different kinds and talk about maybe some of the challenges that yeah. they may face at this time and mm -hmm. also how we might address those challenges. Um, before we go on, just a reminder yeah. that we are, are we our podcast is about sex and relationships and love and consent <laughs> and how we feel about ourselves uh, and our relationship yep. to ourselves. Also, we have a Patreon, uh, patreon.com forward slash Meg, John and Justin, if you want to get all of our episodes. Uh, yeah, the there's last some one, solid gold on there. Yeah, seriously. like ones about trust. And we did one uh, for our patrons about... Um, uh, not individualizing uh, and not kind of t touching at people's individual behaviors when uh, around COVID-19 and actually the, uh, the problem is usually in a structural problem. Uh, yeah, which well, that's, and that's about fear and shame as well and a bit on trauma. It was a really, it yeah. was a really good one. Also, if you want to hear us getting proper ranty, that's the one to listen to. Oh, like, usually, right. usually we're fairly mellow, but we got quite angry on that one, didn't we? I dropped several F-bombs. You uh, did? Yeah, I probably won't yeah. do that so much today. Um, no. <laughs> so, like and also, we have, um, very good. We also have uh, a zine, uh, Make Your Own Relationship User Guide that we're kind of referring to. So this idea of different kinds of love is in there. Mm. Um, yeah. And it's like a, basically these zines are like worksheets. So if you're kind of thinking about your relationship, relationships at the moment and trying mm. to navigate them uh if you're um you know if you're cohabiting with people or you're not cohabiting with people and you're trying to figure this stuff out we would recommend getting it it costs two pounds yeah. fifty to download from our website and uh, there are lots of kind of worksheety kind of activities that you can work through together or work through by yourself to help you to think about your relationships because we always need to do that now but now nowadays with uh covid19 upon us for it's going to be a few weeks while we sort through all this stuff. It's probably mm -hmm. an ideal opportunity for a bit of reflection on this kind of thing. and to Well, um, definitely. Or it might be that you can almost like fill it out specifically for this time because, you know, it may have different implications for space and time, yeah. for example. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's get cracking then, Andrew. So Let's do um, it. So I'll go through all the different, uh, I'll list all the different words that we're talking about and then we'll go through them uh, one at a time, shall we? So um, Yeah. First of all, there's uh, there's fallacia, which is like self-love. Um, there's storge, which is uh, family kinds of love or very close friendships kind of love. Mm -hmm. There's eros, um, mm -hmm. we've got on here, which is um, romantic uh, and or sexual, I guess. Mm -hmm. uh, that's you know that might need a bit of unpacking. Um, yeah. Ludus, which is playful and fun and exciting love. Pragma, yeah. which is enduring love and being there and being supportive. Uh, mm -hmm. Philia, which is like being part of a team and kind of like a broader kind of community kind of network, we reckon. And then there's yeah. Agape, which is uh, kind of broader and more spiritual. And it could be uh, love of humanity, love of nature, um, love of God or gods yeah. or spiritual ideas or the, the thing that kind of brings us um, together with other people that, um, that we don't know, basically, that we might not yeah. know in person. It strikes me that people could work their way through these quite usefully themselves. Like we're going to work through it a bit, but like mm -hmm. you could work through each of those and just ask yourself, what are the challenges I'm facing in mm. this aspect of love during this time? Mm. And how might I address those? Mm. Or you could work through them all um, depending on whether you're kind of 
you're left you're having to um self-isolate a lot alone or mm. whether you're with others because it probably have different implications that's something yeah. i'm going to be blogging about this week on mm -hmm. them rewriting the rules.com as well mm -hmm. so you could kind of work through them or you could look at the whole and think well which ones am i getting lots of and which ones am i getting mm. very little of yeah. and be more like how, how might i up the ones that i'm getting mm. not so much of yeah it's also mm -hmm. an opportunity to think about how you might want to um, reflect on some of the other loves and uh yeah uh often uh, when we talk about this in past podcasts and in workshops and things, often you know we feel like we we might be, if we really think about it, we might often be spending more time in one kind of love area than mm. in others. And this is an opportunity to think: well, um, there are lots of different kinds of love available, and so lots of opportunities to experience different kinds of love uh, at a time where we'll need to experience more love in our lives so exactly and I, and I think you know obviously again like we've pretty much caveated every podcast we've done recently with you know this is not this is a deeply challenging time for all of us in many mm -hmm. ways but I think reframing the possibility of an opportunity here can be quite helpful yeah. um, in terms of addressing some of the more painful aspects of it of thinking well okay but it, is it a time when I can do some of this work like this reflection or is it a time when I can go inwards a bit or mm. you know address particular patterns or something so mm. I think yeah that that's that's sort of what we're, we're doing is like can we take the opportunity for this mm -hmm. so which one yeah, should we start with the, then so let's go through um I don't know um maybe one of the ones with other people and come back to self-love in a bit yeah maybe we should end yeah. on self-love often yeah, we start with self-love but good. we yeah. oh, let's end on self-love so let's go with um, i reckon let's go with agape so this more kind of oh yeah spiritual like um like the kind of sense of uh this this could be like a sense of connectedness with the world sense mm. of connectedness with nature and connectedness with humanity generally and also um uh our beliefs and how we feel about god or um mm. you know however um if we if you if we believe in an organized religion or if we have spiritual feelings or thoughts or beliefs of some kind so yeah and an initial thing that strikes me about this one well i suppose obviously there's this sense of maybe being curtailed in how much we can be outside mm. and again we always do these podcasts in the moment so at the moment it's being suggested once a day going mm -hmm. out and only with the people either alone or with the people you live with i think mm -hmm. um but um the bonus of that, which I've just experienced because I took my lunch outside as mm. my kind of trip out today, nice. is this, you know, you can kind of um, really experience the outside in the spring yeah. when you're not doing it much. And then it's like it lands with you maybe more deeply than it yeah. would if you could take it for granted. It's definitely landing with me. I have these yeah. amazing gardens near me and the tulips and um we think there might be some wild garlic, maybe, and nice. there's cherry blossom, and there are magnolias, and mm. so I'm smelling everything, and I'm being a much slower and more observant about everything, and just kind of, mm. you know, um, spent some time the other a few a couple like three weeks ago with uh, my girlfriend's cat as well, <laughs> and you know, yeah. kind of the the kind of the looking at uh, nature and, and pets and animals and thinking, well, you don't know anything about what we're doing. You know, you don't yeah. know anything about COVID-19 and imagining what that kind of feels like, but also just getting the sense of that things are shifting, that time is passing and there is this, you know, th there is like, um, life does go on, you know, so looking at it kind of mm. that way, I, I found very helpful as well as just finding it just 
this is like self-love i guess but you're just finding it enjoyable to look at and yeah experience and i think getting in getting intentional about that yeah. that one trip out a day if that is what you're doing could yeah. be really valuable and yeah like you say slowing it right down mm. really noticing the bird song and mm. it's kind of you know handy that it's hitting in spring because it does yeah. have that sense of like whoa the outside is just phenomenal right now and yeah. yeah maybe getting maybe getting creative about it i was wondering about going out later at night again less chance of bumping into people and yeah. experiencing the streets or the woodland near me at night could be yeah. really beautiful seeing the stars you know that kind of thing so there's that but there's also that our connectedness mm. with uh, we are again bernie sanders talks about this a lot that you know mm. that we are all in this together this is yeah. this is global so there isn't a part of the world well probably i don't think there's a part of the world probably probably maybe not antarctica um yeah. where it's not being affected uh by uh, covid19 so the and as i said in the previous podcast that the the fears and the anxieties that we're having everyone's mm. having so yeah. there is that sense of like a collectiveness like a collected there are a collected set of feelings that we're all having and yeah. we're having to we're also having to collectively slow down and mm. collectively think about our relationship to the world so we're all kind of doing this all at the same time mm. um which is i think comes under agape it is like a sense that um people i will never meet in the world are experiencing some of the same um, yeah. emotions that I'm feeling uh, and that I in the future I might be experiencing some of the feelings that they've or, already been feeling yeah. um, but also I find it quite difficult at times as well to to kind of um, address agape as a love when I'm seeing such cruelty sometimes and mm. also so much unkindness and you know this yeah. is kind of the it's it is sometimes bringing out the worst in some people um and you know it's raising it's it's amplifying everything that we find Mm. difficult in our lives and so it's wonderful to see uh to 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 get a sense of that people might be being more kind and empathetic but also there are instances of people not being so great around the world and um Mm. and also you know i don't believe in i don't believe in god i would call myself an, an atheist or a agnostic um mm-hmm. person but i, uh, I i'm really i'm kind of the, the 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 more i kind of think about the virus the more i'm leaning away from ever really believing in, in, mm. in god but the thing is is that i know other people do and find great solace and i believe other people believe and you know that's a wonderful yeah. thing but that's the thing for and you it, to think about i guess dear listener is can be a really good opportunity to yeah like really engage with your relationship with mm. whatever spirituality or god or gods are present for you um reading a really interesting book um by i think sarah maitland um about silence and solitude Mm -hmm. uh which i just happened to be reading before this happened but it's really interesting because she is christian and does have a relationship with god and she's talking a lot about her how her experiences of solitude but also other people who've written about their experiences of solitude relate to um her spirituality but for me i'm i'm buddhist i'm agnostic buddhist so i don't have a specific belief but it is enabling me to really engage with my spirituality you know there's time there's more time for me to practice Mm. and i'm what i'm doing is really shifting from how i used to do it which was really kind of doing the practices that i thought i should be doing Mm. and what i'm noticing is i'm kind of giving myself permission to really feel into what practices feel good in the moment Mm. 
and I'd really recommend that like if you do have a spiritual practice um, a great idea to just sort of really allow yourself to find out how it works for you during this time rather mm. than trying to kind of apply it in a in a more like this is how I should do it way um, get creative with it and mm. um, spiritual teachers you know if you do like again it could be it could be um, more political stuff that you're engaging with in terms of like you know but but sort of thinking about who are your teachers who are the people you learn from mm. and maybe maybe making a bit of space for them every day whether mm. that's listening to podcasts or you know i think in a way of the stuff you do engaging with the sort of politics podcasts as being mm. a bit like your spirituality jez you know um no i think i'll put that more in like in terms of mm. my um i think that for me is more like part of philia really like yeah. the, the sense of being part of a community and a team and, well, i was thinking these stuff. two these two kind of get close together at that point like yeah. what you were saying about kindness as well and yeah. whether we can look out for each other kind of tips into more community sort of in between these two, two kinds of love right mm, definitely mm. but i guess just with agape yeah. as well that you know when we look at things on the news um mm. it's really difficult to have enough capacity to see you know what's going on abroad like you know what was going on in Wuhan and the tragedies that were going yeah. that have taken place and um, and and the awful uh, situation that healthcare workers are having to face and the awful decisions healthcare workers in Italy are having to make on a daily basis and thinking about how healthcare workers here that I don't know and haven't met are going to have to be making those decisions here mm -hmm. you know it it can be very difficult um, to have the capacity to kind of do that but allowing that uh, and allowing that moment of um, empathy and mm. uh, just time and some space in our minds for, for, as, for however long we might do it is an act of agape like yeah just just because it's difficult doesn't mean it's not love you know yeah. it's like it, it's about that thing about being um, you know we've done lots of podcasts about what is love but it's this thing about you know love is a doing word and so being mm -hmm. able to feel some sorrow for people on the other side of the world or in a different country is is comes under this i think yeah uh, absolutely and i think it's important if we can to enable ourselves to allow ourselves to do that rather than shut it off because i think it's just building our capacity um mm. to experience it like yeah um, what do you think about that no, I agree. And I think it relates to a lot of what we talk about a lot about staying with feelings. Mm. And that, that to me is the point of staying with feelings really is to build mm. compassion, you know, so that you can feel for yourself and for others. And the more we're cut off from our feelings, the less able we are to do that. So, yeah, I think it's easy to just feel a lot of defensive feelings at this time, I guess, as we were talking about in terms of people frightening each other and shaming each other mm. and to move towards them, you know, to just be able to grieve. Mm. I mean, I had a lot of friends yeah. who were already starting to do these kind of deep adaptation circles around climate crisis and mm. allowing themselves to grieve what's probably coming there. Yeah. Um, and I think this is, you know, it's kind of up the ante and like, yeah, if people could could allow themselves to grieve and connect with each other through grief, that would be a really good way of doing a kind of agape. Yeah, mm. definitely. Yeah. So should we move on to philia then as we were yeah. just talking about it? So philia is kind of more at a local level i guess and it's more mm. it might be people that we actually know and i guess um i think social media comes under this um mm. or the social industry as richard seymour calls it um but the ways in which we connect with people that we don't really know very well or uh, we might not have met in person but the sense of feeling part of um 
part of something and whether yeah. that might be you know feeling part of a political party or um for campaigning for a particular um mm. you know for you know, for example campaigning for trans rights or um campaigning for um friends of mine campaigning for uh to make uh, abortion at home um Mm. Uh, possible now and legal now, uh, which it isn't at really the moment, but it point. should be because yeah, yeah. Uh, people need to be able to access abortion uh, safely and it's safe to take it home. In lots of other countries, uh, that's allowed. So, you know, as an example, so there might be kind of mm. political or um, like thematic kind of um, activism that people might be involved in, but also there is that this other sense as well of like we are more connected now geographically than we probably were before. Like yeah. I, I live in London and famously in London, you kind of, you find your mates are all over the place. Mm -hmm. um, and so if we want to see, see our friends, we get on the tube or we get on a bus and we go and find them. And actually we're not able to do that at the moment. So we have to kind of feel more connected with the people around us. And this is where things like mutual aid groups happening yeah. in person, the, the ability to go out shopping for someone to get someone's medicines, um, offering a listening ear or being able to do like a socially distanced walk in your no in your local neighborhood which is uh, mm. six six feet five inches away from another person or two meters um you know with mm. just one other person that's again the current advice this might change by the time you listen to this <laughs> but they're all kind of um they, i think that a lot of people are experiencing this kind of filia you know yeah. and if they're getting involved in um mutual aid groups and contributing you know kicking money in for people who uh, mm -hmm. really need it or other kinds of support as an yeah. example of that and maybe what might be happening for a lot of people is that this is um a kind of love that they're that they're experiencing more than they might otherwise well i was uh, yeah i was thinking that like obviously the i guess it doesn't really need saying the ways in which the current situation makes community um gathering difficult mm. um but like you say maybe for some people it's making it much more of a thing that they've than they've mm. done before because they've got more time for it or because it feels more urgent mm. um or because you know it's nurturing to them as well as nurturing the community and then, you know, for those of us maybe who already do a lot of community stuff, I, th I thought what you were saying before about um, the abortion example, it's like, you know, it might be wise to think how can the kind of activism or community stuff you did before translate to this? Mm. Like what does, yeah, what does trans activism look like at this yeah. time? Or what does political party political engagement look like at this time? Mm. So you're not like losing a big part of what you were doing in this area of love. But no, just exactly. trans translating it into a new form. Um, yeah, I've already talked with Gendered Intelligence about maybe doing an online workshop around self-care with them, for example. Oh, um, talk I've got a, I'm part of a mindfulness and social change group where we're mm -hmm. talking about what we might offer in terms of facilitating mindful groups or mm. supporting others with that kind of thing. Wow. So, yeah, again, I think, you know, what I've said before on the podcast holds here, though, because I think it's easy to get caught up in a, in the idea that you should be offering a lot right now and yeah. it really is okay to look after you yeah you know and do the oxygen mask thing and yeah. it may be that quite a few of us need a, a bit of time to just like let this sink in before we start doing a lot of outward focus stuff i, yeah. I would be wary of getting like of, of, of pushing yourself too far into that such that you have to pull yeah. it back because it's burning you out or something you yeah. know we don't need a bunch of burnt out people either so it's no. kind of having that balance um 
is important. Yeah, we don't need a bunch of burnt out people. We need people still to be doing, this is the thing. So don't yeah. just throw all of your resources into Philia. Remember that there's yeah. also all the others. Or yeah, um, and that you want to give and get. You know, it's not yeah. just about like putting a load of these kinds of love out there, but it's about yeah. the the bell hooks version of this, which is mm. that kind of real mutual, we're doing this kind of love with, with each other. Yeah. Yeah, and I think the in the way that we were talking about fear and shame and how that isn't uh, that isn't a great motivator for for people to change, um, and it's not a great way to treat people. In the same way, we might do that with ourselves. So I think maybe mm. you know if you not if you're noticing, dear listener, that you're kind of moving towards the political and moving towards social media and moving towards trying to create like change in this kind of filia way, you know, to to mm. kind of affect change, but you're doing it from a place of feeling. Um, fearful and not wanting to uh, notice your feelings and not wanting to do any work on yourself but you're wanting to kind of go outwards all of the time yeah um, then that's not a that's not a great motivator because um yeah you might end up burning yourself out and other people out if they need to support you so again um we need to be careful and also slow like we we've yeah. been in this situation for a long time yeah and it's like there's there's a while to figure out what the best way you know so also mm. thinking about what's the best thing you can offer perhaps yeah. as well what's what's the kind of thing that you can offer that will feel fulfilling to you mm. you know because you're more likely to stick at that than ones that feel hard for you and what's you know the ones that are kind of maybe most needed and you know do you want to think about it in terms of like i'm gonna a bit like we've talked about social media engagement that mm. you maybe only want to look at the news once a day for an hour you know yeah. maybe you can offer an hour a day or maybe you want to do one day a week of this kind of work but I think really smart to not go full tilt into it. And yeah. like you said, again, this thought this thought of balancing the different kinds of love is helpful here. Yeah, I think so. Mm. Yeah. So um, let's switch over to other different kinds of um, love. Yeah, now. So, does, the te- um, does the team one come next? What's the one about being is, in a team? That is filia. Yeah, that oh, that's it. We've just done it. Just done it. Yeah. So <laughs> team community. Look, was there, right. Uh, um, I think we've just talked about that though, Angela. Yeah, what's what's next then? So with the Storge, which is um, where people were related to or very, very close friends. Oh, yeah, yeah, that comes. I was thinking about like the sort of almost like the number of people involved. So almost like the the first one is like the global and then we've got the community and this Storge is more like the family, right? Yeah. the, The family of choice or the logical family could be equally. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, again we're kind of like you know these are ancient greek words that we are um <laughs> interpreting in our own way but uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so um it depends on it it depends on what our living situation is right yeah I mean, for those of us uh, who don't live with our family or our chosen family then we have to um, connect with them in a very different mm-hmm. kind of way you know remotely typically um my sister sent me an adorable video of my niece uh, mm. um, just playing around and saying daft things and it made me smile. And, you know, so it's, you know, we can definitely have uh, lovely, um, warm, loving feelings with our family in, in a, if we can't actually be in the same room as them, which is great. Yeah. Um, but uh, for people who do live with their family or their mm. their their chosen family then this is a time where um things can be i guess in equal parts wonderful and incredibly difficult depending yeah. on that, the, the nature of the relationship this is what i've sort of been writing about at the moment as well is like what kind of are the tensions hmm. when people are stuck together 
yeah. and how might we deal with those. So there will be a blog coming pretty soon on rewritingtherules.com about that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think an important one here for me is if you've been holding you know, important boundaries around relationships of all kinds, but perhaps particularly around sort of family relationships or cohabiting relationships with a group with you know house housemates or whatever mm. now is not the time to drop them i think people yeah. can feel like this sense of urgency of like oh we're living through a crisis so it's not really okay to hold those boundaries anymore we should mm. kind of you know suddenly be in lots more yeah. contact than we were before different yeah. kinds of contacts just because this is happening and my view is it's sort of the opposite is that's not really doing mm. anyone any favors because those boundaries kind of help to keep those relationships healthy and consensual yeah. and if we yeah basically dropping into a less consensual way of relating with people isn't the answer no. although it may feel very easy to get pulled into that especially yeah. by family systems or cohabiting situations so in a way it's even more important that we have these consent conversations about mm. what kinds of contact do we want mm. how do we want to do them making sure everyone's needs are met not that people are getting overridden in these situations um, that that would be one I'd throw in here. Should we think of some small examples of this, so yeah. so our listeners get like a handle on the kinds of things that we're talking about. So one of the one of the things it could be that um, I've just written a safer sex guide for young people, um, mm. and you know one of the one of the as I was ranting about in our last podcast for patrons, uh, thanks patrons, sorry about the swearing, um, <laughs> was uh, that you know we're talking about. Um, promoting having solo sex and cyber sex for young people who can't go and visit their sex or cuddle partners you know Mm -hmm. uh, for young people in in those kinds of relationships and but in order to do that young people need privacy and they need time and and any parents or carers living with young people need to be comfortable with the fact that their that their kid may be upstairs having a wank or Mm -hmm. you know doing whatever or having sexy chat with their friend and so in order to do that, we need to have boundaries, and we need to be respecting people's space, yeah. and, and and deliberately going about making space, and it being okay for people to take themselves off to, you know, away from other people in order to be able to do that. I think for any cohabiting situation, I was talking with um, uh, Sophia from Love Uncommon, mm-hmm. which is one of our favourite um, blogs on yeah. online, and definitely worth checking out. And um, she was saying, you know, about how. Uh, space in relationships um, it's it's often really taken for granted in our culture that you should spend all your time together Mm. and like this is you know this never is a good thing but Mm. certainly right not right now Um, you like I think a really consensual um, intentional conversation about people's need for space Mm -hmm. in any cohabiting situation and then ensuring that everyone can get that and being creative if need be about how that might happen maybe allocating rooms for a specific period of time yeah. and you know how is privacy going to be respected that people mm-hmm. know no one's going to burst in because yeah. they may need to spend that time having a cry or having a wank yeah. or you know all manner of things they don't want someone walking in on and it's just got to be okay to need the space you need and yeah. this is where neurodiversity comes in as well it's like mm-hmm. different people have very different needs some of us need a shed load of space and time around mm-hmm. interacting with other people whereas Mm. other people are quite happy to be in contact a lot of the time and Mm. it shouldn't be that the people who are comfortable in contact a lot override the other ones that's not okay yeah and i think again there are loads of resources in for this in our Mm. make your own relationship user guide available at our website makedalonejustin.com forward slash publications for just two pounds fifty and instant download there are loads of resources (laughs) in there about how much we might choose to share with someone and that which bits we don't want to share yeah also how we communicate and what it is that we 
in these in these kind of cohabiting kinds of um, situations that we're talking about here, that this kind of as you were saying before, these kinds of boundaries need to be put mm. in place. But often, I think that people um, people don't explicitly put boundaries in place in in these kinds of relationships. And I think this is a good opportunity to think about how we might put them in. So, as yeah. well as um, not ignoring people's boundaries, let's look Again, at ways where we're not just relying on patterns mm. of behaviour and the kind of thing we've all always done. Especially, so, this is an opportunity, isn't it? Because it has thrown a complete spanner in the works. So that the, the the way to frame that as an opportunity is like oh well, here is we could actually get conscious about having this conversation instead of just letting it be yeah um and if you're living alone it still may be relevant to think about you know what kind of contact do you have with family of origin or mm-hmm. with you know maybe that those who are estranged estranged from family of origin for good reasons suddenly get a lot of pressure to be in contact that they're mm-hmm. not comfortable with again yeah. boundaries important or for me like logical family or chosen family for me is you know not where i'm living mm. so they're having you know in terms of sort of the ones locally to me they're having conversations about what they might offer mm. in terms of space for those who don't actually live in the same house because a, a bunch of them share a house basically mm. um, and then there's a few of us who are kind of like satellites and we're thinking about like would it be okay to come around the garden and stay two meters away occasionally yeah. you know just to have some contact with them because they mm. do kind of feel like our, it feels like our family and our home in some yeah. way as well we're just going to have an ongoing navigation of that and what feels comfortable to everybody basically as well as online contact of course i think here as well if you are in like a system like this that's what we would call this isn't it mj that uh to think about your relationships of power there and to think about who the to think about your privilege and whether the existing patterns of communication the existing patterns uh of uh, how we behave with each other and the ways that we communicate but also um, any existing boundaries that are there are they mostly benefiting you and can you ease some of those and can you start to think about how you put mm. these in place because sometimes you know for people who don't feel like they can ask for change it's going to be very difficult more difficult for them yeah um, exactly what how can you make it easier for people to be consensual yeah um and and i guess a great example as well is there's a there's some different kind of privilege that comes with being alone versus being in a shared mm. situation. Yeah. So I suppose something that, yeah, me and my mate who's in the shared house talked about the other day is like, well, they they re- nearly made me cry because they said they'd kind of brought me up in the meeting mm. as to like, how, how, how are we going to protect our satellite people who are living alone? But I also said to them, like, if you need a spot to come to, you know if it doesn't feel good in the house if the if the dynamics there get tough over time which they might well do with everybody Mm -hmm. stuck inside with each other then you know maybe i can be a place because you know like i'm i'm yeah fairly fairly safe in terms of not get being in touch with any vulnerable people so you know kind of thinking of thinking creatively again within the guidelines about Mm -hmm. how we might be helping those who are alone and helping those who are in um relationships where they're living together well, this is the thing with the social distancing mm. guidelines um, is that um, they talk about um, that it's it's advised against and strongly advised against that with people that people go around to visit each other's houses. It's yeah. strongly advised against if there's anyone in that house who might be vulnerable, and it's mm-hmm. uh, and it's advised to COVID nineteen, and it's advised against that um, people go around to someone's house um, if they don't have anyone who's vulnerable to COVID nineteen there, but. The thing is, is that there are going to be times when it might be essential for people to leave someone's house and go to someone else's house in terms of um, 
there might be some violence or there might yeah. be some um, awful abuse um, or just it getting too much um, yeah. and all the caring responsibilities really somebody might need a break from the caring responsibilities they're yeah. doing yeah so I think we just need to think very carefully about yeah the, the different risks like um, and yeah so there's that sense of like people at least having a contingency plan for if, if things do get bad in their living situation that there is a yeah. sense there is some there would be somewhere else they could go and there is always this assumption with storage, with like a, a kind of cultural script around storage, you know, like family and stuff, that family is yeah. safe and, you know, it's wonderful to be there. And we know, sadly, that so many, many, many people, it really is not a safe space. So no. storage might be the most difficult um, love, in inverted commas, happening for so many uh, people at the moment. Um, yeah. And this might be, yeah, this has just amplified everything that was already there. So um, it's kind of important to be mindful of other people's storages and other systems around to see whether you can be of some kind of assistance to them mm, individually. Definitely. Yeah. yeah, not just assuming that only the people living alone need support. It may be actually the people who live together who need more as, support. Yeah, in some as ways. you were just saying, yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, cool. Anything else on storage there, mates? No, I think that's right. good. Well, all right then. So should we do Eros, which is kind of complicated yeah. because we want it to be ace inclusive. So here we're talking about um, uh, a romantic and or sexual uh, love, aren't we, NJ? So, um, yeah, well, we always think maybe they should be sort of pulled apart because yeah. as Arrow and Ace people point out, you can be romantic without being sexual and sexual without being romantic. Yeah. And you can also be neither of those things. Yeah, I guess for those who are aromantic and asexual mm -hmm. you might think about sensual here mm -hmm. if that's a thing for you and also that of course um eros and um well eros doesn't have to be uh focused on another person no. so it, th here's where it could overlap with the um self-love yeah. uh, one because it we we could be thinking about how to meet these needs alone as well as with other people right yeah yeah, yeah. now is definitely if there is ever one of the benefits of, of COVID-19 is that um, hopefully what will people do as well as people throwing away the scripts about how we're supposed to greet each other which happened mm. you know it's been happening over the last few weeks when people were uh, not social distancing but hopefully now people start to throw the, throw away the social script about what sex is yes um, we should be right? asking them to do all along oh but then they won't be buying our book anymore because they'll all know how to do it well, they should have bought a book anyway, and then we'd all... Maybe they should buy their book, the book now. It's called Enjoy Sex, How, When, and If You Want To, and it is ace-inclusive. It is. Yeah. Uh, and it would have stopped everyone from getting coronavirus. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But Had they read it before. No, uh, also, no. I don't think... Uh, it's, I think it's getting more difficult to buy that book as Enjoy Sex, How, When, and If You Want To. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's now Sex of Practice... What? Sex a a practical, practical Guide? guide to sex, yeah. sex Practical Guide. Search for our yeah. names. It's the same book, but it's a different title. Yeah, um, and you can don't get worry, it. That's not, that's not selling either. So, <laughs> <laughs> But it might now. You never know. Anyway. Um, it's, the best, it's the best sex advice book that's ever been written or will ever be written, but no one's buying it. I wonder why that is. Um, the other, th the other thing folks could read, the other things folks could read for free on this one is um, Audrey Lord's essay, "The Uses of the Erotic." Um, oh, is I'm that just available for free somewhere? That is available for free online. I'm not sure if it should be, but it certainly is. You can just get the PDF. Yeah, um, do buy that. Do buy that. Do yeah. <laughs> it's very good. 
Um, uh, it's amazing. And I was just yeah. thinking again for Arrow and Ace Inclusion, yeah. Audrey Lord defines the erotic to encompass the creative as well. Yeah. So self-creation, you know, and creation with others, mm -hmm. like writing poetry and um, making even making a bookcase is kind of included in there. So yeah. you, if you want to, if you're thinking about the eros bit and you want to think about expanding what you mean by the erotic mm -hmm. um, beyond sexual and romantic, then that would be a really good thing to read. Yeah. I don't think we need to say too much about this because we've no. done several, several podcasts about this as well as um, a sex yeah. advice book. But uh, we've done podcasts on solo sex. We've done podcasts on um, enjoying penis and vagina sex. Uh, we've What's done the one The one that's most relevant, Jez, is the one where we went through the kinds of sex you can have yeah. when you're not in the same room. What mm -hmm. was that one? So we did, we did one where I think it was just enjoying non-penetrative sex I think yeah well I'll find a link to it but basically we yeah, went yeah. through all the sex that you could have when you're not in the same room all the sex that you could have in the same room but with your clothes on all the sex you could have in the same room but with underwear on and all the sex you could have uh, naked um, yeah. the the crucial safer sex fact here is that we shouldn't be kissing oh really uh, yeah no kissing because that's mm. that's the easiest sexual activity that can spread COVID-19 because you are literally wow. breathing into each other's mouth. Um, uh -huh. So staying away from someone's mouth and not licking your fingers before you masturbate and using lubricant instead of doing that. Yeah. Um, Anilingus, uh, so rimming, uh, mm -hmm. there's a risk of COVID-19 being passed on through that, although there's a risk of other infections being passed on through that too. Um, I've written about this at bishuk.com. Uh, bish, right. uh, I suspect we will do a sex in the time of uh, COVID-19 at some point as well um, to encompass some of that stuff. But yeah, like yeah. for now, well, for now well, we've, got, we won't, we've got a because, bunch. Yeah, yeah we kind we've of have it. Loads about it and yeah. that's the thing. And the thing is, and it, it's nice to be proved right, but basically uh, <laughs> we just have to be more intentional and more consensual about the different kinds of sex acts that are available to us. Like yeah. there are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of different kinds of sexual activity that people might want. But when people only talk about sex as being one thing, then it becomes, mm. well, we can't do that anymore. Well, yeah. get lost. Read our book. And the same with romance. I think it's about thinking really differently about sex and romance here, isn't it? It's like, yeah. again, and whether you live alone or whether mm -hmm. you do live with people that you are sexually and romantically and or romantically involved with, like how might it look now like what kind of things might people want i guess there's another thing about consent here is people could easily feel under more pressure to yeah. be doing romantic things or sexual things and it yeah. could be we know it's harder to feel well you know it's the esther perel thing it's hard to feel to feel companionate warm love at the same time as you feel yeah. hot passionate love yeah. and if you're stuck inside together with a partner mm -hmm. that's going to be more and more the case um yeah I'm not sure if those of us alone are going to get bored with solo sex eventually. It's it's not being a problem here, I have to say. But you know, no, we'll see. <laughs> no, it's been yeah, that's been pretty good here. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's pretty uh, pretty routine. <laughs> but thinking about, I mean, you know, we might again pause and think how we do romance and the erotic with ourselves during this time. I guess well, exactly. it could it could be easy for people to find that they're doing it in ways that they don't feel very comfortable with, or doing it a whole lot more than usual. Um, again, yeah. we've had we've done podcasts in the past about wow. people who feel horny all the time and people who don't feel horny enough. So you might yeah. want to check those out if those yeah. are a problem for you. Yeah, go back and listen to all of our great material yeah. on this because we, we've been there, done it. But yeah, yeah. I, I guess it's that thing of like also just noticing uh, the the feelings and the sensations and slowing everything down. And if you're 
with game we've talked about this but if you're doing like perfunctory solo sex and doing it in a way which is only ever to self-soothe or only ever to distract yourself then that's okay but just notice it and um yeah and exactly see if you can bring in other kinds of self-sex where you are literally having sex with yourself like making love to yourself i mean i think thinking yeah. about yeah like if you if you are one of the people who's got more time because of what's happened mm-hmm. then you know actually making a two-hour period and thinking about could you bring in more um you know like make setting this more scene setting as you might do with another person potentially and more aftercare slash afterglow time to solo sex yeah. that that's something that i think can really you know imp- like make that a really great experience Actually, I just want to dart back to stores for a bit, if that's okay. Because yeah, I was thinking that we didn't really talk about parents who have got kids um, mm. who might have their kids at home um, because they can't go to school. And, you know, the, the, everything was said there about putting boundaries in and um, mm. allowing for uh, allowing for spaci- spaciousness and bringing consent there is super important both for your kids and also for you. Like, don't... Yeah think that you have to be we should probably bring a parent in like maybe petra might want to come on the show oh that's a really good idea to have a podcast around the but if you follow um if you follow dr petra on twitter she's um got putting together some fantastic resources to help um everyone basically Mm -hmm. but particularly parents uh and also my colleague alice hoyle pshe i think her twitter handle is um She's uh, a parent and um, has been putting together pulling together some resources there as well. So, the it's okay for your home lives if if you have kids to to have some like ebbs and flows and to have you know quiet time and loud time mm. and you know and it's okay to be boundaried around that kind of stuff. You know? Yeah, again, I suppose it's a bit like the way partners can assume they should spend all their time together. Potentially, parents yeah. with kids at home may have that same sense that somehow. It's bad if they're not doing stuff with their kids, you know, and I think definitely thinking very, very carefully at the out from the outset about what everybody's needs are and how they might be met um, would be great if they if they can be. For real. Mm. And obviously, uh, neither of us are parents, so you'll know more about us than than we do, a dear listener with uh, children. But um, this all applies to you, I think, as well. And uh, and we th- we think that having that thinking about boundaries and bringing more consent is is the way forward. Yeah. Um, so, was there anything else we needed to say about Eros? Sorry, I darted no, back I think, there. No, uh, I think that's a really good point, and I love the idea of getting Petra on sometime if she's up for it. Yeah, we um, do kind of sometimes forget about parents. I think. Um, yeah, because we don't. I know that. I guess anything that we get, you're going to be skewed a bit, aren't you, to your own experience? Yeah. Um, it's really hard not to be. Um, but yeah, I think we, it's really good if we can keep thinking about those who aren't living alone, <laughs> like yeah. we are, and those who are parenting. So let's do a couple of um, so the, the there are two loves coming up which are different ways of loving I think probably more than different loves although we yeah. could talk about that but there's pragma and ludus yes. and we've talked about this in the past so pragma is the more uh, pragmatic supportive being there like enduring uh, love and yeah. ludus is playful fun silly exciting and ah pragma is the one i was thinking of earlier that sort of overlaps a bit with the community stuff i suppose because some mm. of that we've covered in terms of how you might be practically helpful to each other right yeah mm. but also how we might be in, i guess i think these overlap in all of our relationships with others but also mm. in ourselves that you know to what extent are we you know there needs to be a balance doesn't there like if we're always yeah. the person who's the listening ear for someone or that being there for someone or having the tough conversations then we might 
sometimes think that we're missing out on the on the fun stuff and the playfulness mm. and the excitingness. But if we're the kind of person who's only interested in playfulness and exciting, uh, you know, nice silly times, but yeah. don't don't experience only a pragma, then think about well, who's doing all of the emotional work for people? Who's doing really that? Good. Who's yeah. doing that labour for other people? So it's about thinking about how we can more fairly and like equitably share those things out. We know that certainly. Um, mm. Uh, people uh, raised as women are often given the message that um, they're meant to be there doing that kind of emotional labour for everyone else and not meant yeah. to be having as much fun as men. Uh, you know, that's one of the kind of very sexist messages that uh, mm. that uh, does number on us as we're all growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, there are other... Um, there are other instances of this as well but it's just this thing of it's being in all of our different relationships all of the different kinds of love that we're able to have a combination of pragma and ludus and that we're all able all able to offer both those things but also all able to receive both of those yeah i was thinking this in terms of like um i'm thinking a lot about what kind of contact do i want during this time Mm. And it's really throwing me back to like when I was in a crisis last year, Mm. I decided what would be really good would be to have some kind of friend contact every day, build that Mm -hmm. in while I was weathering the storm. Mm. And I did that. um, And a lot of it was online calls and some of it was in person. Mm. And I've just gone back to that, although I don't feel actually that I'm in crisis personally at the moment. But um, Mm. that just seeming like a really good rule of thumb for this time. But Mm. these two types of love could kind of be helpful here in terms of thinking a bit about balance. You know, it's Mm. like... Um, yeah, I might be thinking about like, who am I going to schedule in this week? I'm kind of almost like aiming at a call late afternoon, early evening with somebody every day is my kind of ideal. Mm -hmm. Um, And like, yeah, can I mix it up with the ones that are more playful contact and the ones that are more serious? And also can I mix it up with the ones where I'm the more giving party and I'm the more receiving party? That might be quite an interesting way to think about those meetups that it's not like, okay, I've got like seven nights of serious me me supporting somebody else conversation lined up but it's a bit more balanced definitely yeah and and these kinds of things ebb and flow don't they i mean whenever i'm spending time with people sometimes um sometimes i'm i'm able to be daft and sometimes i'm able to be serious (laughs) and you know and flip from those two and i found that um i've been able to be all of those things in my uh, contact with people you know I've been doing virtual pubs I don't know if I mentioned that in a previous episode but that's been great like that meeting up great. with people on Zoom and I'm going to do some more of that and also there's an opportunity for that to me for me to connect with people that I've not seen in person for a while because I think yeah. this is another thing that this is going to open up which is going to be um, great for people who you know uh, I guess what we're doing is we're all doing long distance relationships now yeah um, and also but that also means that we should, we could always have been doing that anyway. Yeah. And so that also means that we could always have been doing this for people who um, don't have access to the kinds of spaces that we might regularly have access to. So, yeah. you know, if um, if I've got uh, if we've got disabled friends who can't get around as easily as I can, and you know, I'm putting on events or going to events that they can't go to, and I'm like, oh, it's a shame I can't see them really. Uh, mm. You know, then it's a kind of it's a wake up call for me to be um, more inclusive of. Um, of people who don't, don't have the same access to things that I do. And so whether it's because of where they live or because of any disabilities or because of their age or um, or, or whatever. Um, yeah. So, um, you know, maybe this is like a, a benefit for me is to be able to think more carefully about that and to think, well, I can just stay in and get a bottle of beer and chat to my friends who 
don't live near me, for example. Yeah, there's been some nice writing from disability activists like uh, Mia Mingus on this around access intimacy. And, mm. you know, I think um, that person wrote a piece around like what would the world look like if it was based on the needs of people with chronic health conditions and and disabilities yeah. and that's kind of a useful thing to play with here yeah um so yeah definitely useful to think about um well yeah <coughs> oh yeah did, did you have another thing to chip in there no i was gonna just rant about something else about politics so it's good that i stopped myself <laughs> uh, we like your politics man. how how are we how are our listeners going to fill in their bingo card if we haven't had a really good anti-capitalist rant <laughs> <laughs> don't tempt me i mean um, that's their ludus right they're playing along with the bingo card <laughs> <laughs> you have to wait dear listener um yeah. might it might um, might happen i don't know anyway so um, <laughs> so that's ludus and pragma and it's just one of those things where um i guess another thing and this relates to our relationship with ourselves but when we're talking about ludus and pragma mm. is that um you know it's okay to just as it's okay to feel um like sadness about you know what's happening for other people and sad about the news or scared uh, and or to be there for other people whilst they're having those feelings too, it is also okay for us to be silly and to have fun. Like yeah, you know, and to we, have and to have positive feelings, to have feelings of relief or gratitude. You know, around this is what like I think um, it's so easy for us to get caught in guilt and shame mm-hmm. if our feelings are not purely negative about mm. what's happening. And I think that's quite important is to allow all of the feelings. Um, yeah. And certainly for me, I've talked before about how there has been some relief at a lot of things being cancelled mm. um, and some relief at perhaps that the wider world is having to look at some stuff it wasn't looking at before, potentially. Yeah. So I think that's that's got to be OK. And yeah, I like this, you know, I think thinking about the the um, these two kinds of love in our own everyday mm. with ourselves, mm. that would be another way to balance it, wouldn't it? Be thinking yeah. like, am I spending all day every day in serious mode? Mm-hmm. Then I need, to, you know, could I bring in more playfulness? Yeah. Um, I've been, because I go down to the beach. Yeah, I noticed I've started mm-hmm. to kind of run down to the sea, you know, oh, like you do as a kid. Um, nice. Yeah, like I just kind of, it kind of felt nice to get to the edge and then get quite excited and run, run, run down the beach to the sea. So I've kind of let, that happen i'm trying to dance at home sometimes yeah um when i'm feeling it um so yeah really a good idea i think to think it's about to what ways in. what ways you might bring silliness in even alone like can you laugh with yourself can you make um you know have a have a comedy night you mm-hmm. know every week yeah um i used to love like friday night on channel four and bbc two was always comedy night you know maybe yeah. we can maybe we can reinstigate our own comedy night you know yeah I've been re-watching yeah. all of Monty Python shows again, and some of them are, you know, hideously problematic now. But but um, yeah. but I've definitely laughed a lot, you know, yeah. and I am capable of laughing uh, a lot at the moment. I think it's this thing of that everything is amplified, and we're all yeah. capable of feeling all the feelings, um, uh, all every day, and also feeling quite intensely. But I think one mm. podcast that I'd refer any new listeners back to is our Being with Joy podcast. Yeah. Um, which we did uh, relatively recently, a few months ago, I think. But you might find that useful um, yeah. as well. Yeah, I think you could think about not just serious and pragma. It's, I mean, what is it, pragma and ludus? But you yeah. could think about the, the whole wheel of emotions in this way of like, yeah. am I making time for the different feelings every day? Or yeah. am, I getting, am I getting really caught, for example, in shame or in mm. anger? Yeah. Oh, and is it possible to invite some of those other feelings in? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so lastly then, MJ Falausha, self-love. Uh, yes. Self-pickups being kind <laughs> I of I mean, I feel like the boss of this at the moment. I'm the yeah. absolute boss of self-love right now. We're bossing um, it. I'm bossing it. And that is, you know, partly because of this plural stuff that I've mm-hmm. been engaging more and more with over the last two or three years. Mm-hmm. Um, so if people are interested on rewritingtherules.com, there's a, a zine um, mm-hmm. on plural selves, which you mm-hmm. can download. And basically, it's just the idea of finding different parts of yourself mm-hmm. and communicating better between them. But yep. it turns out that, you know, if you're going to be stuck alone a whole lot of the time, having access to different parts of yourself and being able to chat with them means that you is a bit more like being stuck with a family. Yeah. Um, on, you know, the very the very basic version would be just finding a kind voice. Mm-hmm. Um, and yep. that really helps day to day if you are um, struggling, mm-hmm. you know, to just kind of try and bring in what would what would a kind voice say to me what would be my um, you know an imagined really kind parent or grandparent like how Mm. would they talk to me right now for example and you can start by acting just as if Mm -hmm. you know it may not be that you can find that voice kind of naturally in your head um, or speak it out loud or speak it in a journal or something but you Mm. can just pretend like what what would I say to a friend you know Um, but basically yeah I think the idea that talking to yourself um, either internally or even out loud can Mm -hmm. be really fucking helpful um, and if you kind of take this further, you know, this could be a, a nice thing to do during the time if you are in a yep. lot of solitude or even if you're sharing a house, it can be quite a nice thing for everyone to do and then share their results. But doing yep. some of that work about who, who are your plural characters, you know, yep. who, have, who have you got in there and how might you enjoy time with them you know mm-hmm. or again how might you ensure that all of them get their needs met at this time like mm. if you've got like a serious side who wants to be out there saving the world but you've also got a small child who's feeling really vulnerable mm-hmm. how are you going to make sure both of those are getting their needs met on a daily basis at the moment rather than it being all about overriding the vulnerable yeah. child in order that you do all of the work all of the time that yeah. would be yeah another way of looking at this is um you could do you could just look at yourself as a uh present self a past self and a future self and, yeah. and speak to yourself in that way again we did an, an episode about journaling that you might find useful here but um the could you give yourself advice could you write down uh, mm. some of the could you put bullet points down of the kinds of things that you're struggling with at the moment and then close the journal and then come back to it a few hours later mm. and think well yeah, is there a bit of wriggle room about this or if I looked at this this way this might be helpful and so I think that's brilliant for when you're really struggling with something is like you've yeah. put it down yeah you've wrote, written bullet points on your phone or in your journal mm. so you could put it down and get on with other stuff and yeah. like that's what I'm doing actually a lot at night I find yeah. that in the evening I, I can feel like I'm out I'm all out you know I just mm. don't have anything less and I may even be tipping into overwhelm mm. um, and that's why I go super gentle but it's really hard to do the sort of gentle watching TV reading etc if you've mm. got stuff on your mind yeah. so this is where this is really great it's like you write down the bullet points so you've done it and mm-hmm. you know that future you first thing in the morning with a cup of coffee or whenever is your good time yeah. is going to then come back to that and mm-hmm. they're going to be on it. You can trust future you. They're brilliant, yeah. you know? Yeah. So um, that's a great way to do things. Definitely. Mm. Um, and also, we again, we've talked about, we've kind of talked about um, a sexual uh, relationship with ourselves already, but we can, that's definitely something that we um, can be exploring if we are uh, allosexual. Um, yeah. And, um, but also self-cuddles, self um, yeah, you know, being able to hold right. ourselves. This is—I don't remember if we mentioned this before, but 
I think we might have done in the last episode on Patreon that sense mm. that you know people are talking about face touching yeah. um, and saying we shouldn't touch our face but that there's this evidence that we touch our face as a form of self-soothing yeah. so again like for for COVID-19 there's a real re good reason to think about how do we self-soothe mm. and potentially thinking about how we can touch other parts of the body mm -hmm. or how we can wash our hands and face and then engage in some intentional face touching yeah could be a really good idea yeah you know, a, lo a lot of us just don't have that relationship with our bodies yeah. our relationship with our bodies is usually a pretty mean one but how yeah. can we you know can we start to learn how it likes to be touched mm -hmm. exactly yeah. we were both lucky enough to do a lot of yoga with our friend and our mm. yoga teacher Catherine uh Catherine Forrester Forrester yeah yeah well, she changed her name hasn't she but um, oh shit yeah oh <laughs> we'll uh, find that out yeah we'll put a link surname. Yeah. Um, but uh, she's at helixyoga.co.uk, I think. Yeah, I think she's that's starting right. to do some new videos. So she definitely did a meditation video the other day on YouTube. Oh, Again, awesome. We'll a link in there. But yeah. we, uh, in many of those sessions, we did restorative yoga, which is lying in intensely comfortable uh, positions. Mm -hmm. um, and it's like so, like, there's a Derbyshire word for this, which is nesh, like just getting mm. so comfy. Like, every single need is met, every single. Yeah. thing that your body is asking for is able to be met and there's like an abundance of ways to do that and if you take the time exactly. to do it if you think well is my head in exactly the right position here and can I slightly adjust this cushion or could I get a bit more cozy in this place or how warm are my feet at the moment or you know yeah and it's about using things like bean bags and cushions and blankets and just ways of weighting you down and feeling grounded or just feeling cozy as fuck you know like why spend yeah. any time being uncomfortable when you could be comfortable? And this well, is this exactly. thing of learning to tune into that and learning about the different ways that we just kind of damage our bodies by making ourselves do things that we really don't need to be doing. All the time. And again, this could be an opportunity if, you, if you're one of the people who's got more time, you know, is to sort of ch to slow everything down like that. It's like, OK, it's lunch. You know, usually you might just you know shove some stuff in your face while you were doing something else what happens if you do you know take a picnic outside now yeah. or you know just slow down the preparation of food as well as the eating of it so that the whole thing is this process where yeah. you're self-nourishing mm -hmm. or like you know my little tv time at night i've really noticed i've just you know automatically sort of gone with oh now i generally make myself a hot water bottle and i mm -hmm. really snuggle up with a blanket and i know how i like my bed for the mm -hmm. you know the tv viewing and i'm like one episode a night of something I really enjoy yeah. and I'm just making that time to just you know and I like having something to eat and watching TV but I'm making myself proper comfort food and yeah. really enjoying that show instead of kind of just again going sort of autopilot into next episode next episode on Netflix yeah. while I'm not in a comfortable position and it's feeling a bit kind of like junk food you know it's yeah how can you make it super nourishing yeah yeah exactly and mm. there's just um this is a real big opportunity for you particularly if you're having to self-isolate or you're not spending so much time with other people or you are living by yourself to really really get into this um yeah. and then when we come out of this pandemic which we will we are mm -hmm. we will at some point come out of it we'll be just so there's a possibility of yeah. being so much better equipped um yeah. to work with ourselves around this kind of stuff but also, I guess, you know, if we're bringing in this kind of thing for ourselves, but also in all of our relationships and all of our different kinds of love, bringing in more consent, more choices, mm. more slowness, more just pausing and just 
that thing of really tuning in and just trying to be with uh, whatever feeling or whatever sensation we've got at that moment, then our loves and relationships could really bloom and blossom at some point in the future. Well, that's why I think in terms of, again, like I often bring in the trauma literature and it's like, it's all about learning how to relax your nervous system mm. or go yeah. from that. Is it the sympathetic into the parasympathetic nervous system? Mm. I, never, I never, you know, like it's worth reading some of this literature on trauma because I've never really got that until very recently, that sense mm. of like, what does it feel when your whole body relaxes and you yeah. just go into that like relaxed nervous system place? Mine's mm. been so tight, like for my whole bloody life. Like, yeah. um, and this kind of, this kind of approach can help you do that. And once you mm. learn how that feels, and you learn the kind of things that enable it, then you can start to bring them in more intentionally. And that has massive implications for our mm. own health, but for also for our relations with others, because we can tell much more when we're clenching up and then when we're relaxing and we can let people know and we can take time out. And we're just gonna, we're just gonna relate to other people a lot better if we kind of know ourselves that well. Big time. But yeah. also, of course, post-crisis, this is only going to be possible if we have a more equitable way of the resources being spread out for yeah. people to enable uh, each other and ourselves to do that. So this is my political rant, MJ. Oh, I'm uh, on it. I'm so with you. The, Let's you know, go. We, like, we, might be, we might be able to do all of this at the moment because, for, I mean, we're still self-employed renters, MJ, but we're hoping mm. that there's going to be more government help for us by the end of the week. But, you know, for those people who are... Um, at the moment uh, employed and still receiving money and still a and are able to be at home and to be slow and don't have anyone who is a key worker who's putting himself at risk then it's mm. easier for you to do this kind of stuff at the moment and you know this is useful things to think about but for all the people who don't have access to to the space the money the a home Mm -hmm. um, then all of these things are going to be way more difficult and in the future post pandemic then um, there's a chance if our leaders don't uh, don't uh, think about these things, don't think mm. about uh, love and consent and uh, equity and justice, that uh, there could be even starker divisions making us harder for all of us. So this is Precisely. why this go around. And the thing is, is that we, you know, we can't talk about this kind of. It's important for us to talk about these these topics that we do, the uh, about love and uh, and consent, but. There, there is always that political element to it, I think, and that's um, that's the important thing. Well, no, I think that's I, the thing that separates us from people just offering kind of, you know, platitudes about bubble baths and. You yeah, know. no, no, no. The, the whole point of it is, you know, we when we when we're acting out of our patterns, we are hurting people, yeah. not just ourselves, but other people. That's what I've been blogging about, and yeah. like this is an opportunity to change some of those patterns while you have the time to do the work, if that is the case for you, so that you'll be less likely to do it. And that's not just on an interpersonal level with the people you're close with, but it's about changing the patterns where we value some bodies and lives and labour more than others. Yeah. So you know, if you do this kind of work, it starts to just really land with you that it's yeah. not okay to value some people more than others and that we have to make some changes you know mm -hmm. such that and i hope that again the way different kinds of labor are suddenly more valuable and less valuable at this yeah. time might might help to kind of churn that up a bit but also like we were already heading towards massive social collapse and yeah. climate crisis that was having already having a huge impact on some parts of the globe and maybe a bit of a lesser one here mm -hmm. um we got we got a 
if we come out of this, take that super seriously because that hasn't gone away. And in fact, it's very linked no. to what we're going through right now. You know, we are putting ourselves and everyone in danger with this kind of over overconsumption and mm -hmm. treating ecosystems so badly and treating other spe species so badly. So it's, it's all linked together. It's like you need to be, we need to be reading the intersectional feminists on this. That's that's who's got it on yeah. on this point. I think. And look at who's doing all the care work. You know, yeah. look at who is putting themselves at risk to. Um, to help people and to help us get through the crisis is people who are vastly underpaid or their contracts are terrible. You know, the food is yeah. being delivered to us by the delivery drivers who are on zero hours contracts. We need to be uh, tipping those drivers um, mm -hmm. and supporting the union that uh, that um, supports delivery. Uh, I can't remember who that is, but you know, so yeah. the political actions here are like an important part of the whole piece. Sorry, I, I am having a political rant now. No, but, no, no, no. We, we were, yeah. we were, many, and it's sort of <laughs> starting and ending with the kind of spiritual and political and wider cultural piece is appropriate, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway. Uh, this is a long <laughs> podcast. <laughs> <laughs> We're getting, I think they are getting a bit longer, mate. <laughs> they are. We might have to yeah. bring some of them back. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> um, we hope you found this uh, useful, dear. A little, a little romp around the ancient Greeks. Listener. Always, yeah. always nice. Yeah. Bit of, bit of Gabriel Garcia Marquez meets the ancient Greeks, none, none of which we really know anything about. But no. We've managed no. to hopefully make it relevant to your lives. <laughs> Yes, yes. <laughs> so um, we remember you can find all of our podcasts. Uh, well, not no, not all of our podcasts. So you can find our podcasts in two places. One uh, mm -hmm. at megjohnandjustin.com, uh, where you'll find all of our free podcasts. If you want to see our non-free podcasts, where you can sign up for our Patreon from just $1 a month, um, you can hear all of our other podcasts, uh, which are Patreon patron exclusives on patreon <laughs> patreon.com forward slash meg john and justin and you can tweet us at meg john justin uh, let us know if you found the episode valuable also let us know if there's anything you'd like us to cover uh, mm -hmm. in future episodes i don't think we're going to do all covid episodes are we mj we'll probably um i doubt do it but i've got ones. i've got i think we do need to do 100 days of solitude so god <laughs> Um, maybe uh, and then uh, we are going to do uh, we're going to do Groundhog Day aren't we we're going to oh my god yes this is what we would really like to do is um, yeah we want to watch along we're going to try and do a watch along at a distance which we haven't done before no. but um, Groundhog Day seems relevant again to the moment because it's all about living the same day over and over and it may be that for some of us our days have got much more similar than they were so yeah we thought we'd That's do that right. yeah uh, we've done other watch-alongs. We did four weddings and a funeral, and we also did when Harry met Sally. Yeah, so. I think hopefully we'll be kinder to Groundhog Day um, than we were to those two. Because yeah. even though we kind of love Harry met Sally, we ended up being like, "Whoa, it's pretty bad, though." Like some of the some really of the messaging here. Bad. Whereas I think uh, Groundhog Day is um, incredibly smart messages, but there may well be some pretty dodgy romance and uh, consent stuff in there. Oh, I would have thought so <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay so right. stay tuned for more of that kind of thing coming up and um until next time bye then <laughs>